Scarantino, and this is the Get the Fuck Off podcast. Every week, I'm going to be talking about a new topic to help you guys get the fuck off the shit that doesn't serve you anymore. But first, let me tell you a little bit about me. I used to work as a bartender, and I lived in the New York City bar scene. I smoked between a pack or two a day, and I was what you'd call quite overweight. I learned that the secret to adopting a healthy lifestyle is a series of mindset shifts. Unfortunately, they don't always come with an owner's manual, so I decided to start this podcast to give you guys the nuts and bolts without you having to do all the research on your own. Getting healthy does not mean you have to sacrifice your outstanding personality, and it actually can be quite a fun journey. I'm really excited to have you guys on that journey with me. Let's get off together. Guys, we did it. We are in the final stretch of 2020. Isn't that fucking amazing? Welcome back to the Get the Fuck Off podcast, guys. I'm so excited that you're back with me. We are nearing the finish line of this crazy year. This year has been such a fucking whirlwind. And I'll tell you, if I never hear the word unprecedented again, it will be too soon. Like, I cannot tell you how many times throughout this entire year, unprecedented, this unprecedented turn of events, this unprecedented election, this unprecedented this, this unprecedented that. The whole year was just fucking unprecedented. Like, I was I was thinking to myself, oh my God, like, we almost need to come up with a word for unprecedented just so that we could have some fucking variety. Like, jeez crazy amount of things going on guys 2020 but now we're, we're coming close to the holidays and I wanted to tell you two things so first of all this is going to be my only podcast of this week that I'm putting out um, on this Monday December 21st because we have a holiday coming up this week on Friday and uh, I'm trying to finalize a bunch of things for the end of the year so I'm putting out one this week and then we're going to be back to our regular schedule next week but for this week I really wanted to to talk about the important, timely subject of family and the holidays. This is the second thing that I'm coming around to, the topic of this episode, family and the holidays. And I put out a small holiday mind shifts guide ebook. I had it up on my Instagram and it's also available um, if you're subscribed to my newsletter. But I talked pretty extensively about family and the holidays because I think that, you know, especially since I'm exploring sobriety, and you know the, this is this is one of the one of the things that I talk about and get the fuck off. I talk about a whole bunch of shit, but sobriety is something that I do talk about a lot. And I, I talk about you know triggers for drinking and family is is what I think about family. I think about them as being the biggest trigger for for drinking. And people who drink tend to think when I when I talk to people that are kind of moving towards stopping drinking, they like to say. I just don't know how I'm going to be around my family and not drink. Like, I don't know how I'm going to be around these people and not drink. Because we have woven so much into family and drinking. And there's a couple of scenarios as to why. So there's the situation where you have a really fucked up family. So you need to, you you allegedly, allegedly, I'm just telling you right now, you don't really need to do this. But you think that you need to drink to be able to tolerate your fucked up family. And that's what, that's one situation. You know, it's one of those, okay, well, it's Christmas. So I need to start at 11 a.m. to be able to deal with, you know, this person or this person or this person, which I have been there. Um, and then, then we have, we 
you have the other side of it, which is, oh, well, you know, my family is just so fucking awesome. And I just love my family. I love hanging out with my brothers and sisters. I love spending time with my cousins and my uncles. And I love that we do all of these activities together on the holidays. I love to drink with my family. My family is just fucking balls awesome. Yeah, that's that's another part of it. Like, so that's that's another situation where we think that family, you know, family is is something that that causes us to want to drink. So I guess what I what I would love to do is I would love to tackle the latter first and talk about our family and wanting to drink because we enjoy the time with our family so much. So all of this kind of goes back to that science about social situations and why we think that we need alcohol to enjoy social situations. And I wanted to take a page at Annie Grace, a, a famous, famous book in sobriety, guys. If you haven't read This Naked Mind, please do so. Uh, Annie Grace is brilliant. She talks about all of these liminal points as to why we think alcohol is fantastic. And um, it's not. And the first one, uh, not the first one, the one that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about right now is the liminal point of is alcohol vital to a social life? This is going to be on what I'm taking this from page 144 of This Naked Mind. And Annie Grace talks about how there's an idea that drinking enhances experiences and that's been ingrained into our conscious and our in our unconscious minds. And what happens is we develop this slight dependence on alcohol. Now, we don't like to think about the fact that we've developed a slight dependence on alcohol because that has stigma attached to it. So that's a big, that's a big thing right there, guys, that the idea that we have developed any sort of dependence has stigma even and people don't like to think about it at all they don't want to think about it so this is i'm talking to right now i'm talking to the person that drinks one glass of wine a day a person who drinks one glass of wine a day has a minor very minor very 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 minor dependence on alcohol it's almost unnoticeable Um, but alcohol can take 10 days to fully leave your system as annie grace says and what happens is so you start to feel these very subliminal withdrawals from alcohol to the point where you don't even really notice them like you don't have headaches or the shakes or you don't feel nauseous or you don't feel like low blood sugar you don't feel angry you know just you really don't you don't even feel that much you really don't but you get this kind of feeling around like the next day, you know, this is especially true of the one glass a night wine drinker. The next night you feel like, oh, a glass of wine kind of sounds really good. Yeah, I think I'd really like to have that. And so in our social situations, we we think about wanting to have a glass of wine or a drink or a beer or whatever we want to have. And we think about that because we have developed this slight very slight, very, very slight dependence on alcohol. And the the drink relieves it. So not only do we have this idea in our heads that drinking enhances our social experiences, which it doesn't, um, but we also have this slight dependency going on. So around the holidays, if you're a drinker, a regular drinker, you probably have this going on. And then you get with your family and, you know, they go to want to drink and you think, oh, that sounds really good. But in reality, you would have enjoyed that time with your family anyway. So I just want to go back to Annie Grace really quick. I mean, she she talks about how, you know, if you have the belief that the alcohol, you know, it makes the situation, the experience more pleasurable, then, you know, there's a placebo effect that it does. And you get this idea in your head that if you're not drinking, then you're going to feel de- deprived of it. You're going to feel a deprivation. And you're kind of just making all that up. All of that is made up in your mind, like it's not a real thing, but you're making it up in your head. So with your family, if your family's really fucking awesome and you're really excited to be with them, just know 
that you're excited to be with your family because you generally want, you genuinely want to be with your family. It has nothing to do with the alcohol. Like you want to hang out with your family members. So you feel like having this drink is going to enhance the experience. But I want to ask you something. When was the last time that you actually had an experience with your family members where you didn't drink? Like when was the last time that you actually thought, okay, like I'm going into this with positivity. I'm going into this knowing that I'm a better person and that I'm going to get more out of this experience if I'm fully present. So I'm not going to drink. Not approaching it as I'm going into this experience. I'm deprived. I'm going without. But going into it thinking I'm going to have a great time because I really love to be with these people. Because here's what I, I really – like if – you, I talked about this in a previous podcast. We were all born with the ability to learn to socialize and be with people. And we were, learn, we were born with the ability to go and mingle with other humans. And that initial anxiety of being with other humans, that's always existed. Like that's always, always, always existed. And you didn't need an alcoholic drink to be able to have – to be able to have a good time. Like you didn't need that in your past life, but then you started indoctrinating yourself with these, with this idea that you fucking needed a drink and then all of a sudden now you need a drink. So how many times do you go to a social event with family or cousins or uncles or aunts or your parents or whatever the, whatever the fuck it is and you walk into their house and the first thing that they say is, oh, you ready for a drink? Would you like a drink? Like it's the first thing that happens. You don't even give yourself a situation when you're in the room. I mean, whenever you walk into a party, what's the first thing you do? Where's the alcohol? Like where can I where can I go get the alcohol? Because you have that little bit of anxiety that's lingering in within you and you want to relieve it. But here's when when you're sober and you're and you've been off of it and you're not having that you're not having that dependency anymore. So let's say that you're already you've already approached the level where you're already sober and I, I mean I'm sober now. I'm gonna be sober a year the day after Christmas. And let's say you're sober, so you're not going through withdrawal from alcohol. You're going to still feel that anxiety when you walk into the room with other people or when other people join you. But if you just let time pass, my rule of thumb is give yourself 30 minutes. Think about 30 minutes and say, can I just chunk down this 30 minutes? And I don't care how long it takes you to chunk it down. Like maybe you have to chunk it into five-minute intervals. Maybe you have to chunk it down and look at the clock and say, okay, can I get through this five minutes? Can I do that six times? Let 30 minutes go by because I guarantee you that after 30 minutes, you are going to feel so much better about the situation that you're in and you're going to enjoy the time with your family members and you're going to enjoy everything about that experience and you're going to remember the fucking experience when it's over. Like you're not going to wake up the next day and think about all the brother or sisterly bonding or the fucking bonding that you do with your cousins where, you know, you're swapping old stories or you're laughing and having a great time or watching TV or playing games or whatever the fuck you do on the holidays. You're going to remember that whole experience if you're sober. You're going to be fully present and you're going to have just as good a time and you're going to realize that what you really loved was the time with those people, not necessarily the alcohol. That was like not the thing that you loved. You loved the time with those people. So that's something I would like you to think about when you're having a pleasurable experience. And now I want to talk about something that's not so pleasurable, and that's if you have a dysfunctional family. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, I have been on the other side of this. Like, I have been on both sides of this. <laughs> I really have. So I'm going to talk about dysfunction. And well, first, I'm going to talk about familial triggers before I talk about dysfunction. So triggers from your family. Why the hell does that happen? Well, your family can trigger you 
more easily than most people because your family has known you the longest out of all the people that you know. So they know you so long that they know how to press all your buttons. You guys get together a lot so they know what's going on with you. Like it's not like you're just with a casual gathering of friends who you barely know or at a a party with colleagues or things like that. Your family knows. Like they know what's up. They know how to get on your nerves. So that's the first reason that families, uh, a common reason that families might trigger you. And the second reason that common families might trigger you is that your family, especially family members that you don't see very often. So I have family members that I see once a year or twice a year. Those people are usually almost always operating with a dated version of who I am because they don't see me all the time. They don't really have interactions with me. So some of them that I see once or twice a year, uh, they see me on social media. So they have kind of an idea, but they don't really have much of a, of, of a, an appropriately, you know, accurate picture of who I am. And my parents, they, they don't really use social media at all. So unless I'm telling them what's going on with me, they, they don't really care. Like they're, because you don't can't expect people to really care that much about your life because generally people don't care that much about your life. Like you care about your close, close family members and you usually care about your close, close friends, but casual relatives or people that you only see once in a while, they just, they don't care about your life. That's just the way it is. Like you don't care about their lives. Let's, let's cut the shit and stop pretending that we care so deeply about each other's lives. We care about each other, but the, the, the fine print of your life is not something that's in the forefront of their mind. They're thinking about their own lives. This is just life. I mean, I love my brothers so, so very much, but my brothers and I don't talk every day. We talk like like once a month, maybe. I mean, we, we acknowledge the things that are going on in each other's lives, but we are not up each other's asses trying to know every single thing about each other. It's just not, it's just not logical. Like it's just not something people do. So when you get together with a whole bunch of family members, they're usually operating with this dated version of who you are and you are operating with a dated version of who they are. And that's just life. And we like to think in our lives that everybody is having the same human experience as we are having. And that's just part of being a human. Um, I'm going to tell you about my, the last job that I left where I had, you know, a bunch of coworkers and we all hated the job. We couldn't stand the job. It was not something that any of us cared about. It was abusive. And then the pandemic happened and we were fortunate to have time away. And I was really happy about this. Like I thought this is just the greatest fucking thing in the world, man. Like this is just just what I needed. And since we all talked so much about how much we couldn't stand this place, I thought everybody felt the same way as I did. But then I came to realize that actually other people didn't feel the same that I did. And I thought they did. Because I was inclined to believe that we were all having the same human experience, but we weren't. We weren't having the same human experience. We were all having different experiences based on different factors that were going on in our individual lives. So just remember that everybody is not having the same experience as you. So if you're having an experience or you had a particularly difficult year or easy year or triumphant year or horrible year, I mean, you know, whatever kind of year you had, just remember that your family members might not have had the same year. They might have had a totally different year. They might have had a stagnant year where absolutely nothing changed or they might might have had a year where there was so much awe and discovery that they can't even contain it. And you don't really know. So you don't really know what's going on with them. So just when you approach a situation, though, we we like to think that we know what's going on with other people because we like to think that what's going on with other people is what's going on with us. And that is not always the case. 
So let's say you have a family member that just drones on about a story that nobody cares about, like all the time, like all the time. You're going to come to anticipate that. A lot of holiday stress is anticipatory. So think about your own holidays. Like when you're thinking about, okay, I go to my grandmother's house or, you know, if if your grandparents are still living, if you're young or, you know, if you're older, I go to my mother-in-law's house or I go to whoever's house and this person's going to be there and they always act this way. Always, always, always. Blah, 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 blah. This is how they act. I, I, I'm a great example of this. You know, anyone comes to my, I go to my mother's for Christmas. If anyone comes to her house, they'll probably think Andrea is always drunk and emotional because that was probably true for a lot of years. Yeah. But people can change. They can have experiences where they're no longer that way. And people do adapt. Things happen in people's lives that cause them to change. Like it happens all the time. Maybe Uncle Rich had a particularly stressful job. But then Uncle Rich got laid off and got a new job. And it was a blessing. And now Uncle Rich is not a an argumentative bastard. Maybe our Uncle Rich is just a really nice guy and just really feels bad about last year and 2017 and all the bullshit that he did so you know don't always assume that someone is going to be a certain way but we like to do it like we like to think about you know there's a lot of our stress is anticipatory we like to think about previous holidays you know we get that stress I I was rereading my social media my memories on Facebook I don't know why the fuck I do this to myself but I was rereading and today I was already at this time last year I'm recording this on December 19th so December 19th of last year I was already having stress and anxiety for going to be with my family members and why they hadn't done fucking anything like why why was I having this stress I don't I don't know past years past years of things that have happened and because of things that had happened in the past I was thinking to myself oh well this is going to happen this time and what ended up happening I mean what happened was you know irrelevant and material but the fact that I was having this stress leading up to the experience when it hadn't even fucking happened yet because anticipatory stress you get to with these people every year you see these people every year things you you know you you start to think that things are going to happen when they might not happen so just be be aware of that going into the family situation for the holidays and think to yourself like how much of this is me like how much of this am I going into this thinking ahead of time that this is not going to work out and then this is going to be a fucking shit show when it might not be like it might not be that actually is a great segue into my next point when it is a fucking shit show when it is a fucking shit show, I, I have had holidays that are shit shows there has been a load of dysfunction in my life certainly not every year but I would say that I've had my fair share of dysfunctional holidays there have been, I'm not going to get into the specifics of what the dysfunction was. It was always different. It was a surprise. It was always a crapshoot what the dysfunction was going to be or who the dysfunction was going to come from. But I've learned you are so much better equipped to deal with that dysfunction when you are sober and present. Like I used to think I needed to drink a half a bottle of vodka or down a couple of bottles of wine because at one point my brother told me that I was less of an angry drunk when I didn't drink gin and I just drank wine, whether that's true or not. I mean, it probably is. I mean, who knows? But I used to think that I needed to medicate. And I mean, there there were 
times where I would be medicating and I was not equipped to deal with the stress. I mean, I remember one year I was I was talking to somebody about, you know, and I thought I was being all philosophical and and I was telling my my ex-boyfriend about, you know, I was trying to wax poetic with some Beatles lyrics and all of a sudden like somebody just started screaming at me like in the middle of this, just screaming at me. Like and I I didn't I could to this day I still can't tell you why I can't tell you why and actually I've spoken to another another person since about the occasion I tried to block it out but somebody brought it up and and we were talking about it and I was thinking and they were like yeah there was there was really no reason for that but I I had no fucking I I didn't know why somebody was screaming at me I I had no idea why I was being screamed at but that but I was also fucking trashed out of my mind so I can't tell you if it was me if it was them if they were irrational if I was a drunken mess like I can't tell you be able to tell somebody. Like when you're sober, you see everything. Nobody can pull the wool over your eyes. You see everything. You see everything that's going on. So you can, if somebody is being irrational towards you, you can be prepared and you can take care and you can protect yourself and you can see, you can see it for what it really is. Like you can look at the situation dead in the face and say, I know exactly what this is. I see everything that's happening and I see it with the utmost clarity. Now, if you're somebody that has been a drinker in your life and if you come from a, a family of drinkers or you have a circle of friends that are drinkers, I'm sure you're going to relate to the experience where maybe somebody is combative with you or something like that. Uh, maybe somebody does something where they they gaslight you a little bit. This is something that people do. I'm not trying to say that your friends or your family members are terrible people. They're not. They probably are just, they're probably just under the influence of alcohol because this is how we get when we're under the influence of alcohol with people that can tend to trigger us. But how many times did you like the next day or later that night even if you're in the stage of drunkenness where two hours ago was a blur? Like how many times did you ever think to yourself, uh, was that me? Like, did I do that? Or was this this person? Like, was it me? Did I imagine it? I was fine, right? They were fine. Was I fine? Was they Were they fine? Who was fine? It was them. No, it was me. Maybe it was me. Was it me? Did I do something? Do you want to go? Like, that's agonizing. And we've all been in that situation where we have to keep replaying the situation in our head. And what's really happening with that is that our brain has already erased those spots like no memories were created so no matter how many times like if you're in a stage where you're blackout like there no memories were created so you you don't you're not going to recover like you might recover bits and pieces but what's really going on with your brain is that your brain is trying to fill in the gaps so the, the there is lack of memory in certain chunks and then you try to fill in the gaps based on contextual cues or stories it's amazing how your brain works so you're never really going to recover that data so you're not going to really ever know if it was you or if it was somebody else like just like my story of being yelled at while I was waxing poetic about the Beatles like I'm never going to know what really happened I'm never going to know like that that's that's out of my brain and also it's probably out of everybody's brain like nobody remembers it's it's a lost cause but I'm still that was years ago guys I'm still thinking about that so how many of these experiences have you had where you're thinking about these things like if there's a level of dysfunction in your family or maybe you have a relative that's an alcoholic alcoholics are notoriously abusive to the people that are closest to them you know a lot of gaslighting there with alcoholics so maybe you you have that in your family and uh, if you do you know, I used to think this way, and this is something that I've, I've shifted my mindset in wellness and sobriety, particularly wellness, but 
sobriety as well. And that I used to think people shouldn't be this way. People shouldn't be argumentative. People shouldn't act this way. People shouldn't be abusive to me. Whether or not that's true. That, that, is that true? Yeah, probably. No, I'm going to take it. People shouldn't treat you poorly like they shouldn't. But they're, but they're going to. Like they, they're going to. Like this is the thing. People are going to act the way that people are going to act. And you can't control anyone's behavior. The only person's behavior that you can control is yours. And you need to put yourself in a situation where if you're going to be around people that are argumentative or abusive or gaslighting or, or drunk or, you know, doing whatever they do, you know, they're, they like to insult you. They like to take slaps at you. Maybe they're misogynistic. I mean, I can go on and 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 on about what these people could possibly be doing to you during the holidays because everybody is on edge during the holidays. We are at our worst during the holidays. Most wonderful time of the year? Bullshit. We are at our worst during the holidays. I don't give a shit. Hallmark lied. Hallmark lied. I know enough stories from enough people. By the I used to think, oh, that's no, just my family. Bullshit. It's everybody's fucking family everybody's fucking family. We're at our worst during the holidays. If it's not your family, send me an email, andy at getthefuckoff.com and tell me what your family does different. But for everybody else, for everybody else that's here because they're looking for solutions, because they're experiencing this problem, because I do acknowledge that there are exceptions to this and that I, I tend to blanket things together. But this is this is for the, the dysfunction part, uh, very specific to the dysfunction part. If I used to think People are shouldn't act this way, but they're going to because people are at their worst. So expect and protect. I'm going to repeat that. Expect and protect. Expect the behavior. Protect yourself. You have to be the hero in your story. Do not expect anybody to be the hero in your story. It's you. Expect and protect. Protect yourself. Be sober be present, look at everything for what's going on with a set of eyes that can actually tell. So those those eyes of yours, you have to be able to see with clarity and that clarity is going to come from sobriety. And I'm just going to lay it out there, guys. Like I see people that are new to sobriety and what they want to do is avoid and avoidance is the absolute worst thing you can do. I talk about this in my podcast episode about quitting smoking and people avoiding the bar and how that actually leads them to start smoking again. The avoidance leads them to start smoking. Again, why? Because they were never intending on avoiding the bar for good. So they never built the habit into their minds that the bar is a place where they don't smoke. They just avoided it. And then when they went back all those months later, the trigger is still there. It's actually an excellent episode. You should check it out if you're a smoker and you're looking to stop. But this is this is more focused on family. You're going to have to see your family again. Like unless you plan on never, ever, ever seeing any member of your family again, you're going to throw them away. You're never going to interact with them again. You're going to fucking see your family again. So you have to learn how to be around your family. Like you have to learn. You got to learn how to be around them. And you have to learn how to tolerate the things that they are because those people are probably not going to change right away. I will tell you that as you start to heal yourself and you start to become more clear and more zen and you just start to feel better about yourself and you start to approach life with a a sense of purpose and you you know your self-respect begins to start blooming and all of these things that start happening with you as all those things start happening with you I promise you that the people in your life will follow suit and if they don't they're they'll drop off like and that's just a, a reality but 
chances are the ones that are that you love the most and are closest to you, they're going to follow suit. They're going to try to be better for themselves because they see you as an example because you're the leader. You're the leader for yourself and you're the leader for other people in your life. And you have to believe that about yourself because if you've, if you've gotten as far as to click the link for this podcast, you are enough of a leader. That tells me you're enough of a leader that you want change. And not people that don't want change did not click this link. I know a lot of people that say they want change, but they're not here and they're not listening to my words and you are. So that means that you are a leader. You want to heal. You want, you want to be a better person than you were yesterday. You want to be not a better person than you were yesterday as much as you want to be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. And if you want to be the best version of yourself you can possibly be, you and I have the world in common. Like we really do because I think that that's all any person should want is to be the best version of themselves that they possibly could be. That's that's the key. Like that's that's the, the bread and butter. So your your family is, is going to be your family. They're going to be there. Whether they're great, whether they're they have their their issues I mean they could still be great and have their issues it could be a nice mix I I mean I think that that's all of us right like as people that's all of us we all are great and have our issues and they're going to be in your life but you will be able to jive with that better in sobriety than you've ever been able to do as somebody that's drinking or trying to medicate to get through the experience. And the experience is going to be so much better once you have approached it without alcohol. You're going to have such a great time. Everything is going to be great. Some bonus things that that are going to happen. You're not going to have a hangover for three straight days. You might be at a stage of sobriety where you don't remember what a hangover is like. Let me tell you, Think of like your head as a block of lead and remember the cold sweats and needing the orange juice in the morning and your eyes are like half crossed and the explosive motherfucking shits for three days because you know you drink three bottles of wine on Christmas Eve and then you decided to go ham on the cookies like none of that's going to be happening on your holiday like you're going to enjoy your holiday you're going to enjoy the festivities you're going to enjoy the food and the carols if you celebrate you know if you celebrate Christmas Christmas carols you're going to enjoy everything you're going to enjoy your family and you're not going to have all that extra shit literally that extra shit in addition I I think every Christmas morning I probably shit six times like it when I was drinking like don't tell me you don't like if you don't but I do like I just just complete destroy <laughs> that's not going to happen this year you guys are going to have a great holiday go into it without the anticipatory stress believe that it's going to be good and believe it's going to be good because you're going to make it good because you are going to approach it as I am in this with my eyes open and my heart full and I promise everything is going to be wonderful for you guys. It's going to be wonderful. You're going to take care of yourself. That's the best you can do. So I hope you guys, if you celebrate Christmas, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. If you celebrate Hanukkah, I know that that's over, but I hope you had a very happy Hanukkah and I hope that everybody is doing great and staying well. You guys can feel free if you have any comments about this podcast or you're interested in hearing more about this or you're interested in more resources you can reach out to me andy at getthefuckoff.com or i'm on social underscore get the fuck off on twitter and instagram and uh yeah those are the best ways to get a hold of me i respond to dms love dms but yeah uh definitely reach out i, I would love to hear from you guys otherwise i will uh see you guys next week i look forward to having you back here real soon take care everybody
Thank you.